And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We are very excited to be here with you today. We have a great program prepared for you today, so you want to get yourselves ready. As we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy visions, and we'll discuss what do they tell us, how accurate are Bible prophecy visions, and what's the difference between visions and dreams. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you again that we can get together and discuss your word. We pray, Lord, that you'll point us to the messages that you want us to hear, and, and Lord, be in tune with you. We thank you for all those who are tuned in, and we pray for your a great blessing upon this uh, discussion. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth with Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about Bible prophecy visions. For those of you following us on social media, make sure you share this program with your friends and families so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, as always, fantastic to be talking about the Bible, about the Bible with you. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, we had a great program last week. The last time we met, actually, Patrick was our guest. And you and I had Patrick on prior in, in the past, and that was a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. Dr. Patrick Oliver, who's a professor at Cedarville, is another one of our assistant evangelists, just like Vic. I, I'm Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and we are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really thankful that Dr. Oliver could fill in for me. But, brother, it's good to be back in the saddle with you. Absolutely. The same here, Nathan, especially because there's always something brewing in our nation. There's always exciting things happening uh, for the church, really, when you think about it in terms of the return of the Lord. But, Nathan, thank you for sharing that, uh, sharing a little bit about the ministry. But just in case someone is new to the ministry, I know you guys are also very busy recording uh, a bunch of different programs. What is the latest one that you guys have been working on? Well, our television program now in its 18th season is called Christ in Prophecy. Uh, you can check it out uh, on all the major Christian networks as, long, as well as our website at ChristinProphecy.org and our YouTube channel, Christ in Prophecy. Uh, we also do a number of short videos like our Prophetic Perspectives videos, which are on our YouTube channel, which is Christ in Prophecy. And uh, we uh, do another other videos, teachings and Bible teachings, many different articles, uh, of course, we send out newsletters and stuff. So particularly, we've been focusing on a lot of what's going on today with the upheaval in our country, the coronavirus, of course, uh, the anarchy we're seeing in the streets. Uh, what does Black Lives Matter uh, believe and what is their objectives? And that was our newsletter for today. Uh, so we've been trying to keep up with the events. Brother, there is so much going on related to Bible prophecy right now that it's really hard to keep up with it all. Wow, Nathan, you're absolutely right. Not only that, but also there's all these different um, uh, uh, teachers out there and videos and, and supposedly prophets and people having visions and dreams. And it's, it's also another uh, a slew of false prophets on the rise at the same time. And I mean, definitely all this is pointing, obviously, to what the Lord told us things will be like before his return. But I think you and I, we're finding, Nathan, that there's also a lot of deception out there. And you and I do these programs to bring clarity and to shed light to what the Bible has to say to today's events. But looking at it from a biblical perspective, and Nathan, especially when we talk about dreams and vision, you would agree there's a lot of confusion with that as well lately. Oh, absolutely. And it really centers around is where does the role of dreams and visions 
uh, fit in end-time Bible prophecy. Matter of fact, Peter in Acts 2.17, he quoted a prophet Joel who said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, uh, that's a prophecy that was pointed at, at Pentecost. Matter of fact, when the church got the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, we see that the early Christians experienced these supernatural gifts, these abilities to heal and, and uh, to see visions from God and dream dreams and give prophecies. Uh, but it also points to, as we get closer to the tribulation and then into the tribulation, that the Holy Spirit will release these gifts more again. Now, I'm not saying that these gifts have cessated throughout the church age, like some believe, that the gifts have totally, the miraculous gifts at least, have totally disappeared. But they would increase, uh, like Jesus said, as all the signs of the end times in frequency and intensity. Now, there's a lot of mishandling of, of these gifts of dreams and visions. Uh, people seeing every dream they have must mean a message from God, or uh, they, they get sick and they have a vision and they say, oh, that's a message from God. So how do you discern which really is from God and what's not from God? That's another big question as well. Mm, excellent point, Ethan, of course. And that's what we're going to look at, really, what the Bible has to say in those individuals, biblically speaking, in Bible prophecy, who have had visions and dreams and how we can also see the legitimacy of that according to Scripture. So that is uh, fantastic. And Nathan, of course, you and I have taught through the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel. We've talked a lot about uh, the dreams and the different visions that they have had. But one in particular that I wanted for us to go to is found in Daniel chapter 10. Beginning on verse 4 through 9, uh, so of course we know that uh, Daniel was one that God oftentimes would uh, speak uh, mightily through dreams and vision, but uh, chapter 10 describes for us one of those in detail. So would you be able to read for us Daniel chapter 10, verses 4 through 9, Nathan, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Oh, absolutely. Verse 4 begins, Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves." Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Ooh, Nathan, that is fantastic. And we get a lot of details here regarding this event. And of course, you and I know that later on, God is going to continue to reveal uh, uh, more uh, in details but anything that caught your attention when we looked at this in terms of what the Bible has to say here in terms of these dreams and visions as opposed to what we're seeing in the world today? Oh, absolutely. Now, to give context here, the prophet Daniel, one of the most famous prophets in the whole Bible, it's about 2,500 years ago, and uh, he was taken away from Jerusalem when it was destroyed by the Babylonians, and eventually he served the Babylonian Empire and the Medo-Persian Empire as an interpreter of visions and dreams. And he himself experienced his own visions. Now, here he sees an angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord will give him a message that pretty much explains the end times, the, the empires that are going to come and, and how the end time events will play out. Many people doubt Daniel as the legitimate source from 2,600 years ago, and they'll say, well, he must have been from 200 
BC because his prophecies are so accurate. Well, when their prophecies come from God, of course they're accurate. So I don't agree with the late date that they put on Daniel. Daniel was definitely during the time of the Babylonians and the Medo-Persians. And what he had was a vision. In other words, he was awake and he saw this angel come before him and give him this message. Now, the vision was only given to him, not to the men around him. And eventually, by the time this vision started, Daniel had collapsed, fainted, and he was asleep on his face on the ground. What a picture here. So we're getting both an idea of the vision that started, but then went into a dream. Nathan, and that's exactly a very good point. And we see here, this wasn't just like an ordinary vision or dreams where sometimes we just wake up and, and we have a light dream. This is very specific. And not only that, but this vision had content because it says that there were individuals with Daniel who also experienced this event, but yet it was only Daniel that the vision was given to. And I just thought that was very interesting as well. You bring up an excellent point because visions are given to more than one person. You see that same thing happened when uh, Paul or Saul was on the road to Damascus and the Lord approached him and he collapsed and the other men were fearful. They knew something was going on, they, but they couldn't sense the full vision. And that's the same thing here with Daniel. It's, it's almost a road to Damascus experience. He's getting this vision from this angel. The other men in the area know what's going on, but they can't see it. So that's the particular vision. And that's different. Like you said, you're awake uh, with the vision. You're getting it directly from God. Other people share in that vision. But a dream is different. A dream is personal. It's individual. Amos uh, was a, a prophet who had dreams from God. God would, would give him messages through dreams. Uh, Joseph, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, one of the 12 tribes, uh, founders, he had dreams. The Lord would come to him personally, and then he would share that with others. Nebuchadnezzar was given a dream from God, and it needed other people like Daniel to interpret it. But So that's, that's one of the differences between a vision and a dream. A vision, you're awake, and other people can experience. A dream, you're asleep, and it's solely for that person. Mm, excellent point. And, and again, Nathan, that's 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 why we're trying to clarify this, because sometimes there's a little bit of confusion regarding this. Also, we find that sometimes it's a little bit of a mixture. Daniel chapter seven, uh, verses one through three, Nathan, if you're able to take us there as well as we continue to expound on visions and dreams and also uh, oftentimes what they mean. Would you be able to read for us Daniel seven, one through three, Nate, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. Here's another experience. Uh, this time, uh, Daniel, uh, we're going back in time a little bit. He says, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. And then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. And he'll later interpret this to mean different um, empires that'll come up. But here we see that he, he's awake and he's asleep. So there's a there's a kind of a combo thing going here. He's having the vision and the dream as well. And, and Nathan, and that's exactly what, what we see in Scripture, that oftentimes God will speak to these individuals. But one of the questions that we were asking is how accurate a Bible prophecy visions? Well, you and I know that, that they were very accurate because here describes, in other words, the future nations that will be arising, kings and kingdoms. And we all know that that actually played out in history. Right, Nathan? Absolutely. And that's a fantastic point because we have so many people today running around saying that they're modern day prophets uh, that they're having dreams, and every dream that they have, they, they attach prophetic significance to. And uh, that's just not the case. 
Uh, for one, the, the dream needs an interpretation, and there's very few interpreters, with Daniel being one of them, and they have to be fulfilled. They actually have to happen. And if they don't happen, they fall under the uh, Deuteronomy 28 precept that they're a false prophet. We've had many people today who, especially of the, the more um, charismatic persuasion, uh, believe that every dream and vision given to them is from God. And sometimes it's just uh, the pizza <laughs> you ate before bed. You know, it, sometimes right. <laughs> dream is, it's your dream. It doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. And the reason I say this with confidence is because the Lord has given us the Bible as his revelation for prophecy. And so this idea that we need new prophecies, new vision, new dreams is really not only fulfilled in part at the Pentecost launching the church, but it's meant for the tribulation time period when the church is no longer here. We will, or we won't because we'll be raptured, but the world will start seeing, as, as Joel prophesied, visions and dreams coming back more and more. But that, I believe, is more for after the rapture, not before the rapture. Mm, excellent point. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. And we're talking about Bible prophecy and visions, their accuracy. And also, Nathan, as we discussed, and they dreams actually tell us something legitimate. It's not just a, a, a blank statement, uh, guesswork type of a deal, but Bible prophecy always defines exactly what it what that is in details and oftentimes when we see prophets in the bible that have have had similar visions and dreams you can see that they all correlate that they were from god because they, they there's a similarity there and i cannot help to think of um ezekiel for instance as well as john and isaiah and when you look at their dreams and visions we see so much alike for instance if we go to isaiah chapter 6 verses one through three. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, and then we'll go to Revelation 1, 9 and see the similarities between these? Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, Isaiah six is where he's called to become a prophet. And verse one begins, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple and above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings and with two he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Ooh, Nathan, I, I love that because here uh, we see that um, he has this amazing vision or dream or revelation. And then we look at the details of what he saw. And uh, when we go then to Revelation chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11, uh, we see again a very similarity in terms of the description of what they were looking at. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to Revelation 1, verses 9 through 11? Absolutely. Here now we're, we're, we've moved up in the future. Now it's first century, the Apostle John. And first, uh, Revelation 1, 9 through 11 begins, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Christ Jesus, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, what you see right in a book and sent to the seven churches were in Asia, and it lists the churches. 
Yeah, and, and, and Nathan, one of the things that we noticed there too, for anyone that's familiar with the book of Revelation, and they, they look at the, uh, the chapters 1 and chapters 4, and they look at the description of heaven, it's very similar what the Lord has shown the uh, prophets in their dreams and the vision. In other words, they were not making things up. This is actually biblical truths. Yeah, I, I would have picked Revelation chapters 4 and 5 because it's the same thing. John is taken up to heaven like we just read here in Revelation 1. And what does he see? He sees the seraphim, four angels, different than any of the other ones. They're all covered in eyes. They have six wings. Each one has a different face, one of a lion, one of an ox, one of an eagle, and one of a man. And they sit before the Lord and sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And Isaiah saw the same thing 600 years earlier, or almost 700 years earlier. And so here they substantiate each other, that that is what the throne room of God in part looks like. They, they both, in their visions, were also, now this is a little different than a vision in a dream, they were in spirit removed from this earth and actually taken up to heaven. They were relocated for that vision that they saw. So it's, it's a little different here than saying Jacob, for instance, seeing the vision of the angels going up and down the ladder. He, he never left his spot. But here, uh, both John and Isaiah were left this earth and were got to be transported up to see these visions. No, Nathan, and you're absolutely right. You picked the right chapter four. I guess because of time, I just gave us little glimpses. Hopefully people will read the rest of homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that is exactly what we see that oftentimes these prophets, these individuals, when they have these visions and their dreams, we can see there's there's a correlation there. And for instance, Nathan, if we can jump back, if you would, with me to the Old Testament, uh, to Ezekiel uh, chapter one, verses one through four, we also see again the description uh, of the things that they saw uh, in the heavenly realm. So in other words, it's not just people making things up. Uh, as they go, but there has to be also a legitimacy uh, to these visions and also to these dreams. Yeah, I mean, you got Ezekiel here, another prophet. He said, now it came to pass in the 13th year and the fourth month on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Kibar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. And on the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Uzai, in the land of Chaldeans by the river Chebar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its mist like the color of amber out of the mists of the fire. Woo. And Nathan, of course, and, and people can continue to read there, uh, verse 5, it talks about also from within it came like the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. Uh, they had the likeness of man. And again, you just brought us from Revelation chapter 4, talking about the scene in heaven, the different type of creatures and angelic beings, the seraphims, uh, and, and all these creatures that are just amazing to glance at. And yet again, we find another prophet giving validity to the truth of these visions and these dreams. Right, and, and that's to be contrasted with a lot of the dreams and visions we're seeing today. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now about Pastor Dana Coverstone. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's a pastor, obviously very devout for the Lord, uh, but he's had a number of dreams, three to be specific, that he's had recently, and he believes that they're dreams about the end of the United States. And he believes that the Lord has given him these dreams. He does make the caveat 
whether they happen or not, you know, that this will prove whether he's right. So I don't doubt the legitimacy that he believes these dreams are from God. Uh, but some who are say they're interpreters of dreams uh, doubt he's interpreting correctly. So again, the, the need for a biblical interpreter. So uh, for people, uh, there's a lot of Christians today who who are looking for something beyond the Bible. You know, they're, they're looking for right. modern-day miracles. They're looking for modern-day uh, prophecies and, and dreams here. And they latch on to these, and, and they put a lot of faith in them. I, I know a lot of solid Bible teachers who put a lot of faith in David Wilkerson's vision. He wrote a book years ago, again, about the end of the United States. And whether they're legitimate or not will not be proven until the events play out like they do. But if not, then you know that the, the dream was just, again, you had a piece of pizza before bed and you were just reading <laughs> dreams, you know? Again, we have to be very careful that we don't call every person who has a dream out there that it came from God. I, I think, Vic, you brought up a fantastic point. Does the Bible corroborate it? And two, does did the dream come true exactly as prophesied? If not, then you can't, you can't, you have to discount it. It's not, and again, I, I still think that these dreams and visions that Joel and Peter both talked about found their fulfillment at Pentecost and will again during the tribulation, not necessarily before the tribulation. That at least is my interpretation of it. Mm. Yes, and, and Nathan, exactly. And that's why we hope the, for those of, that are tuned into the program today that they would, uh, again, take this into consideration, look into the Bible, especially when people have a tendency, uh, Nathan, to uh, give dates uh, or give certain specific things. That's really, you have to be very careful when uh, when people start to do that because they better be 100% sure then that what they're saying is going to come to pass within that time frame. Right. And, and, you know, there's the other, there's just the false teachers out. There's these people who love the attention they get. Uh, I get posts all the time to our Facebook group of self-proclaimed prophets, and they sit there and on their cell phones and say, well, I had this dream last night and blah, 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 or I had this vision, or I prophesy that this and this and this will happen. It's like, and then, you know, they love the attention, and, and, and it's really a, a narcissistic thing for some of these people. For others, it's just what they dreamed over the night. You know, it doesn't mean that God gave it to you. You know, we've got the Bible. We've got the inspired word of God to turn to. We really don't need modern day visions and dreams. Uh, they might substantiate some of what the Bible says, but the Bible can stand alone without it. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And I guess it's like people are always trying to latch onto something new and they're just not satisfied with what the scripture have to say. In other words, we don't know the day or the hour. We know the season, but some people are so, well, I want to know more and I want to know specific. And then when somebody comes along and claims that they have something fresh and something new, immediately people begin to latch to this without checking out uh, biblical scripture. Yeah, you know, I, I my parents are huge uh, students of Bible prophecy. Uh, I just noticed as they get older, They've started latching on to every new theory that comes out there, every new idea, every prophecy, self-proclaimed prophecy, every vision, every dream. And finally, I just asked, asked them, I said, why are you guys latching on to these? You know, you've got the Bible. What more do you need? And they said, you know, we're just so desperate for Jesus to come back. We just need any hope possible. And I could relate to that. I understand it's, it's dark times, especially when you're older and you're seeing the world so different than when you were young and getting so much worse. You're anxious and to have the Lord come back. But that doesn't mean that we latch on to every false saying, every Mayan calendar, you know, every 
um, herald camping prediction. You know, every 12th, uh, the great sign of Revelation 12 or CERN colliders and, and having Mandela effects. I mean, all this stuff is, is really bunk. It's nonsense. It's sensationalist Bible prophecy. We have the real word of God in the Bible. Uh, there are so many. Well, a third of the Bible is prophecy. We shouldn't run out of prophecy. <laughs> That's a very good point, Nathan. And, you know, you and I, it's just amazing because every week you and I, God gives us something fresh from the word of God. We don't make things up. We don't hide things up. I mean, there's really enough prophecy being revealed through the scriptures to us weekly to just continue to excite us. And I believe, Nathan, that if people would just spend time in the word, spend time in the Bible, spend time in prayer, asking the Lord to reveal to them his truth, there's enough there to keep everybody excited. Excellent point, Vic. Excellent point. And you, I find, at least in my experience, when you talk to people that are really into dreams and visions and modern day prophets and all, and you ask them, well, are you reading your the Bible? And almost always they'll say, no, nah, not really. And you're like, what? <laughs> the, the whole the God is the source. You know, he's the source of prophecy. The Holy Spirit's the interpreter. It's it's all right there. So they're they're just latching on to anything but not going to the source. You know, that that'd be like we're seeing it today in the media all over the place. Everybody's quoting everybody, but nobody's going to the source to see if the news is true or not. And that's the same thing with prophecy. You have to go to the source. The source is the Bible. And like you said, brother, there is so much prophecy. You could have 10 lifetimes and still not cover it all. So uh, there's no need to jettison the Bible and chase after what man's saying. Go right to the source. Go right to the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know, Nathan, and that's exactly what we find, that Scripture has to be able to line up with Scripture. Uh, true prophets line up uh, scripturally. And we talked about Daniel. We talked about uh, Isaiah. We talked about Ezekiel. We talked about Paul, the apostle, uh, John, of course, Revelations. And we just see over and over again, you mentioned Amos and Joel, and they all pretty much say the same thing, which shows us that that's the accuracy. It's not weird what they're coming up with. It's not different. As a matter of fact, Nathan, our last passage, I know we don't have a lot of time, but if you can take us to Ezekiel chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 4, again, so that we can see the similarity between uh, what, what this prophet was seeing in dreams and vision, and also what the other prophets uh, already shared with us in terms of Daniel and others. So, yeah, Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. That would be fantastic, Nathan, if you take us to the last passage. Okay. Well, Ezekiel said, As I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord fell upon me there. And then I looked, and there was a likeness like the appearance of fire. From the appearance of his waist and downward fire, and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there like the vision that I saw on the plain. Ooh. And and again, you took us earlier to, uh, we, we went to Revelation chapter 1, of course, it, it's a great description of Jesus there. We oftentimes see the description of God's angels, and, and we see so many similarities here of these pictures of God's revelations to these wonderful prophets. And again, individuals need to, again, turn to the Bible when they hear about people having these dreams and these visions and ask themselves the question, how does this line up with the, with the word of God. And if it doesn't, then we have to say, I'm sorry, but that's probably not accurate. Would you agree, Nathan? 
Absolutely. The, the Bible is the guide which we follow. Uh, it's the plumb line. Everything goes by the Bible. And uh, we're, we're seeing here these, these guys were ordained by God. They were given vision. They made it into the Bible. It wasn't like a lot of other false prophecies that, that popped up in the first, second, third century AD where they claimed they were modern day prophets. They weren't. And uh, so, yeah, uh, this again, I, I want to state that the Bible should be our only source for prophecy, for dreams and visions. Clearly, yes, the Bible does prophesy in the end times that the that giftedness will come back, but it's a giftedness for the tribulation, not necessarily for today. We, the church, have the Bible and the Holy Spirit. What more do we need, right? Ooh, amen. Excellent point, Nathan. Excellent point. Again, for those of you that are part of this program, we hope that we have encouraged you. But listen, again, the most important thing you need to be able to understand and discern the times in which we're living in is a relationship with Jesus and his Holy Spirit showing you his truth. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we want to encourage you right now to start that relationship with the Lord so that you would avoid the deception that is in the world today. And if you have not opened your heart to Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity right now from wherever you are to give the Lord a chance so that he can reveal himself to you. And, uh, and, and Nathan, like we oftentimes do before we close the program, maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Would you be able to tell them briefly how they can start their relationship with, with him even right now? Absolutely. It's all about faith. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And when it says not perish, sure, yeah, we die in this age, but we are guaranteed eternal life with Jesus forever. So ask yourself, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sins? And if not, then pray from your heart something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone and you will inherit a new life both here and throughout eternity. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Hey, and maybe you trusted the Lord just now. We would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to give us a call at 305-992-9537. We would love to pray with you or give you also some resources or information so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. We'd love to celebrate with you because we know the Bible says that every time a sinner turns to the Lord, there's a celebration in heaven. And that's all that we want to do is to be able to celebrate with you. So we'd love for you to reach out to us and we would love to uh, keep you in prayer and also just uh, thank the Lord for you. And of course, again, we wanna encourage you, read the word of God, especially in these trying times. The Lord is coming soon. We wanna encourage you with that. Don't give up hope, but stay steadfast and immovable in your trust in Jesus Christ. So Nathan, my brother, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but I want to thank you so much for bringing, for shedding light into the difference between dreams and visions. Thank you so much. And thank you, brother. Beautifully said.